0: Good morning, everybody. We are here living the authentic life. Stephanie Von Stein is our guest. Let's just call her Barbie. She has her Barbie pink on today. (laughs) And And the words to God's ears. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I love it. And she is so fabulous, which is the name of her new business. So fabulous it's a von fab group von fab group. Okay. I'm just so caught up on fabulous. Thank I can't you. even. Thank you. And then we were chatting earlier about your full name is actually Ritter von Stein. So should I call you lady I, Stephanie? Oh, I, I have tried for <laughs> over 20 years. I was like, don't I get a title that Ritter
1: means knight. it's a knighthood in Germany. Uh-huh. So when I married my husband, he was still my ex-husband, yeah. uh, but we're still good friends and parents together. But, um, Um, When I married him, I signed my marriage certificate, Von Stein, and he said, Ritter Von Stein. So we got a a letter in the mail from the state saying, um, you have to have the same last name as your husband. So uh, Ritter normally passes down only to boys. Uh It's, It's like. Prince or Knight or... And I'm like, don't I get to be
0: Lady Von Stein? I think for your... I'll just call you that for the rest of my life. So my name, I named myself a Contessa. So I told Rob he had to be a count. And do you know what his... Instagram name is? Oh, no. Count Demone, count the money. He's like, if you're going to be a contestant, somebody's got to count the money. (laughs) You can't make this up. (laughs) You cannot make this up. Like, that's the way his brain thinks. But anyway, that's husbands, speaking Mm. of husbands, you were... You are married. Yes, 2019 to a fabulous man. Mm -hmm. And you guys are in the midst of a move and you still made it here today looking this fabulous. (laughs) Thank you. Fake it till you make it, right? (laughs) And you've had a lot of moving going on. You moved most recently from Louis Vuitton store manager. and No, I was never a store manager for Louis Vuitton. Uh, I was a regional manager. Regional. I'm so uh, sorry. For client
1: relations. It's okay. Listen, like, you know, it's, it's, it's very... Important to be a store manager, and and that's really where the magic happens. I just kind of got to, you know, help with that.
0: <laughs> and you can't agree. What did you say the other day when I asked? I said, "Isn't the Galleria store the most?" Uh, a lucrative uh, store in the country and you said I cannot I cannot confirm or deny yes exactly. <laughs> never I have to take
1: that kind of stuff to my grave but exactly. it, it, I, I will say uh, that store and then those locations there's a men's store and a women's store and the sex Louis Vuitton and incredible people who work there and, and very very successful as I think it's very obvious to most people how successful it is there So
0: and then in COVID like we saw these lines outside yes. so sad right I mean they but
1: great for business that con- that continued, but and and all the businesses having lines and masks and ch- really changed the way retail is done, and uh, and and we learned a lot from that and and hope to grow from that. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes standing in a line for any reason,
0: if it's a concert or standing Absolutely. in line to buy something. Especially it's it's, not, it's not okay, right? Right. Especially luxury. Sure. But then there's also the ability when you can't have it and you want it even sure, more, sure. which is certainly something that we see with a lot of the top brands. And you've worked with so many top brands. Yeah. You were with Bulgari for a number of years, mm-hmm. Chanel, yeah. Saks, Neiman. So like what, as a young girl, were you like dreaming of a life in fashion, you know, or did it evolve? I, I thought a lot about that before I talked to you. Um,
1: I, of course, love fashion. I think just it's innately so. Radiates right from thank you friend. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and back at you. Um, <clears throat> you know, I loved fashion so much. And my grandmother, uh, my grandparents lived in New York. My father's from New York ah. and my grandmother was an art teacher and she would cut out the, the New York times fashion section for me and mail it to me, you know, old school. Oh,
0: so my I, gosh. I got I got killed. That's how much I love. Yeah. The, the ripping of the mm-hmm. paper. I miss that now. Yeah. Like pinning it to Pinterest sure. isn't as much fun. No. as I had it all Over my bedroom walls. And you know, Vogue and Teen Vogue and 17
1: magazine.
0: The September issue. You just (laughs) couldn't wait for it to come.
1: It was that thick. So in in college, I ended up working for a woman um, whose husband co-founded Pizza Hut, Frank Carney. And I worked for his wife, Zenda. And he did a lot of speeches. She had a store called the Electric Closet. And it was like Betsy Johnson, and there were MTV TVs everywhere and lightning bolts. It's all all the things. Right. Wow. And
0: I she was ahead of her. Time. She was, she's yes.
1: still super cool. And we're, we're still good friends as family friends, but, um,
0: and this was in San Francisco.
1: No, I, I went to college in Wichita oh, and, that's at right. Wichita state in Kansas. So, uh-huh that's another story which but,
0: is advanced even more so for yes. Kansas so
1: to answer your question about did I get started I actually studied aviation management which what? is on the campus at Wichita State <laughs> um I worked at the National Institute for Aviation Research but they what? had me like I know like the Russians would come and I would tour <laughs> the Russians around the CAD CAM labs and the wind tunnels and so you, like were,
0: <clears throat> you were more Elwood in the pink suit right you know sure <laughs>
1: But I had a lot of fun, and because my dad, my father, um, was in the Air Force, and so uh-huh. he was a pilot, um, he went to Vietnam three times, and he was wow. awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross. So I took uh-huh. flying lessons. I had an obvious interest in aviation. So it's a business degree with an emphasis in aviation. I was one of the only girls in my classes. But
0: oh, I love that! Yeah, so, girls in math and science. Yeah,
1: gotta promote them. But Frank, I got to go with him, Frank uh-huh. Harney. To he'd go do a speech at the Center for uh-huh. Entrepreneurship. Which just stayed, and he'd say, "Oh, come on with me. I need somebody to help me pass out papers to the students." So I got to sit in on these classes wow. with him giving speeches, and the couple things he would say is, "Figure out a way to make money doing your hobby, and and, you, mm. and for your career, and you'll mm-hmm. never be unhappy." Okay. And he also said, Chilled "Before again. you start your own business, make mistakes on someone else's money." Amen to And that. finally, at age almost 52, I'm starting out my own business. And um, those words have never gone far. I mean, I, I was so blessed. He passed away a few years ago. But um, those words and, and that kind of leadership um, from someone like him, he started Pizza Hut with, what, $500 from his grandmother or something. And look wow. at what happened. So, so
0: um, I sent you a brief overview of the podcast. And it this... Moment makes me think of that term icky guy. (laughs) It's, and I don't know if you saw that, but it's when, um, I think I said this too. Anyway, icky guy is when you figure out what you love to do and then what the world needs yeah. and what it makes a better place, what you can get paid to do, mm-hmm. then you can do it continually to the place that you reach a state of flow. Because before camera came on, we were talking about like, you got to love fashion because it is not about this. No, no. no. It is about <laughs> schlepping. Like you should have seen, Danette gave me the best <laughs> gift ever. It's like this huge bag, like what I take home and to hear back and forth and yeah the, 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 it's sure. a lot. Sure. It's, I mean, I, these are shoes I put on to sit down in exactly. like Oprah, right. And, and
1: <laughs> my bag with all my makeup and my son's t-shirt from yesterday. And, you know, I mean, it's a facade and that's really what happens behind the curtain, so to speak, I guess, Absolutely. Um, you know, with the wonderful employees that you have and, but really fashion is what they put out front, what you, your brand that you show the world and that they don't see what goes on behind the scenes. So when did you have your first fashion job? Well, um, when I was growing up, my mother had a few stores uh-huh. and so, um, she would take me with her to market and she had a store called the special touch and which when so monogramming was really big in the eighties. Oh, so my initials and my name was on even my paper I lunch sacks and the hair did ribbons, you have bows? bows with the whales. Oh, you know? yes. <laughs> I believe you. Yes. And the purses, the corduroy purses that you'd switch out, right. Like, oh my God, the inside yes. out, which are so cool. I wish maybe you can bring them back. They're so cool. <laughs> exactly. They're so old school. Cool. Right. You button one so, side inside, yes. um, stationery, all that stuff. So I worked for her and then, um, kind of got the bug and then started working in college, um, and for Zenda Carney and, uh-huh. um, another woman. And they would take me to New York with them and to the Dallas wow. apparel market. And my eyes were open to the world. And of course they had, um, one woman that I worked for is Lebanese and she cooked for me. <clears throat> Every day, which was amazing. Aww. And she had, she was amazing. Um, she was uh she had Versace and Biblos, B Y B L O S. Oh yeah. Jenny with the G. She had a beautiful cosmetics department. So she carried wow. La Prairie, Orlan, wow. and um what was the other one? Uh, Alexander DeMarkov. Do you remember okay, that? I don't remember. It's like that had one. the
0: foundation that had the oil and you had to shake it. Yes. So glamorous. Or I mean so glamorous. So and I would go from innovative yeah, to have all that in a store at that time too, because yeah. it was very separate back then. Yeah, yeah. So I worked for them and they really
1: trained me. I mean, we, I went to market with a Polaroid um. camera and helped write down the orders. So she would, my boss would tell me, um, it's your job to write down and describe what the item is so that when we get home, you can tell me what it is that we need to buy. Yeah, because you can't pull it up on a computer. No,
0: you so I share two bags on the plane. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that was before the bags <clears throat> had wheels. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that and with the but, Polaroid
1: pictures. So uh, you know, stapled onto everything. But yeah, it's so much fun. So much fun. I, I miss those days and those women that were so supportive of me. Uh, from but that's age.
0: another thing that I find with people living their best life is they have chosen. To, s- to share their journey with people who are supportive. Yeah. And I think we meet people who aren't supportive. Mm-hmm. And um I think that that's a very big part of living your best life is being with incredible people. I agree. I agree. And you have always to put
1: it back on you. You've always been kind to me, Aww. always for years. And and sitting at a luncheon or seeing you with my friends or just passing by. So when I when people ask me like, how do you know, Danae? I'm like, you know, we just we're, you know, when you know good people uh-huh. when they're kind and lovely. And I've never heard you say an unkind word about anybody. But like it's it's it really goes both ways. Like well, you we gotta good, have drinks. Good and then I could <laughs> tell,
0: no. <laughs> but I um I try so hard to I think it's um. Our daughter's been through a challenging health journey, and I've really dove deep into my faith and into reading, like, self-help things to Mm -hmm. keep my... And we have a choice every day: if we could see the joy, or we can see the pain. True. And we have to really focus on the joy. And I think another big part of living your best life is knowing when to leave. So you've had a lot of opportunities, yeah. and there are always, no matter what group you're in, there's going to be a mom at the PTA you don't like. Sure. There's going to be another employee on your team that you don't. So tell us a little bit about how you've like managed sure. those situations, because <clears throat> I think a lot of people are in those positions at work and they don't know how to work through them. I was lucky enough to have very strong
1: parents. My mother, Mm -hmm. very religious, Um, both my parents are gone. And so, um, my mother would quote scripture uh, she was a, a elementary school librarian we Aww. teased her and called her Laura Bush you know
0: yes that's exactly what i thought very of she's proud, the most known yes. <laughs> uh, no. and lovely and librarian and if you saw a
1: picture of my mother i'm like her twin uh, mm-hmm. from a long time ago but my father you know was being in the military and so i went i lived in anchorage alaska from kindergarten through second grade and and then lived on different Air Force bases. And I watched my mother have to go make new friends and we'd have to go to new schools. I have two sisters. Uh, And I think that it gives you a lot of resiliency Mm -hmm. and strength, but also having a military father who was a national merit scholar and he was, you know, the Vietnam three times. And he was also um, awarded the distinguished flying cross. He is from New York, and, and he said, "Stephanie, you know um, you know you need to go out and make, make us proud every day, and you can do anything you want. He was James the seventh, and then he had three girls oh, so, wow I, I say that, and people have said this about me, and I, I take that you know it's, it's a word that it's a strong word, but I, I, I think that it's a loving, kind word when you call people a warrior. I may not look like one on the outside, but you almost have to put that on you. Because as a woman and and as someone who has, you know, worked in retail and worked in business and um, mom and having a family, you have to navigate and um, having strength, I think from my mother, from religion and, and morals to watching my father be so strong in a war And you know, there's just, how can you compare that? I'm at a retail store around beautiful things and amazing employees. And so my life's pretty good. Um, and so you have to work for that. And there are people in the world that want to cut you down and say mean things and there's, but you can always find the good and you can always find good people who are around you. Um, and that's kind of what I've done in my career, because I think your authentic life, I think if you ask people that have worked with me, they'll say, Stephanie was probably one of the kindest people that Mm -hmm. I've worked for empathetic. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. having a baby Mm -hmm. or your grandmother has cancer, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, I've always been the one to say, you know, go deal with that Mm -hmm. because I have bad days too, Mm -hmm. just like everybody else. But, um, I think it's important to have boundaries. It's important to know your worth. And also encourage others who find themselves in a pickle (laughs) and to encourage them because there have been days when I need encouragement and then you can pass that along to someone else. And so when I worked for Saks Fifth Avenue here, which I love that store, Mm -hmm. 380 employees, 700 events a year, right? It's just crazy, busy all the time. We would leave our morning meeting and, um, you know, all the cosmetics floors, shoe Mm -hmm. department, dresses and gorgeous, beautiful clothes, bags, shoes, everything. And all these amazing people who work in the building, I would walk the floors and I would walk in and out of cosmetics and in and out of, you know, the jeans department and the men's department. And I'd talk to employees. And how are you doing? What's going on? Show me what's new. And when you build a relationship with mm-hmm. people, they want to work for you. But also when when something bad goes down, they trust you. And it's a relationship. You spend yes. more time at work Absolutely. <laughs> than you do with your own family most of the time. So why not make it great? You know, Make them feel great, listen to their ideas, encourage people. I've, I've always been that person but that also translates to clients and experiences. I think mm-hmm. that <clears throat> building trust with clients and having those relationships, mm-hmm. you're not always going to hit it right. You're not always going to make it right, but
0: you know, people remember how you treat them. It's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. And leadership, so much of what you said shows why you're such a strong leader because I believe To lead people where they've never been before, you have to have a sense of trust. Yeah. And you have, I believe you have to be in the trenches with them Mm -hmm. and not just send them out to do it. Right. And there's a lot of expectations for these big companies and brands that you're, that you're working with. Oh, the pressure is, you know, and I'll be the first to say, you know, it's a lot of pressure to look
1: great, to be perfect, to, you know, be all eyes are on you. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, in just the power of those brands is, is so amazing. And I'm very lucky and blessed that they have had that trusted me to be able to do that. You know, I've worked for Chanel and Bottega Veneta and Louis Vuitton and, and, uh, such great brands that that's a lot of trust. And so it's a lot of pressure. We put enough pressure on ourselves, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's just, um, but having children in the middle of that, I remember I remember I was pregnant twice when I was at Chanel as a director in San Francisco and oh, I had wow. an amazing team of seamstresses in the basement that you know they were putting um, elastic bands in my Chanel jeans and <laughs> you know blocking sweaters so I could you know go to Paris and go to the shows and you know be out to here and oh and God, wearing big camellias it. and pearls you know and and the pressure that you feel um, to represent the brand but so proud you know because again it comes back to the ladies who make the feathers. And the beating and, and the men that work in the tailors and the employees. Um, they were proud of me. They're, you know, they're like, there's Stephanie and look at what she's wearing today. And and that inspires people. And I think that's kind of just where I come from. And, and I think somewhere um, that's just continued to grow for me. But I also think that you have to have an innate reason to say enough is enough. And when you know your worth and boundaries and you're able to do that, it's okay to walk away too, when you're not happy and, and not everything's going to make you happy, a job, a family, nothing. It's really what is inside of you. So I'm very grounded in who I am and, and what it is that I want for my life. And i I'm so happy. I've got two kids in college and a nine-year-old at home and a wonderful husband and, you know, you kind of carve out your life, how you want it. There's going to be problems and obstacles. And I've certainly faced my own, um, still face my own as we all do every day. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, it's, um, you have to almost be a warrior to get through and, and however with, you know, through faith or whatever it is, it's, it's so important to, to have that and, and surround yourself with people that you love and you doing things that you uh, love to do, because if you, if you aren't, then you can find yourself in a really unhappy place, which we all found during COVID. I think that, you know, that was a dark place for a lot of
0: people. Ugh, the loss of connection was mm-hmm. really so hard for so many. So there's so many thoughts. Uh, I want to share one moment when you were talking about the people in alterations, yeah. I um, worked with sex as an affluencer starting last year. And I was in New York and I spilled coffee all over myself. And there was a sales associate that walked by and she, she goes, and I was panicking a bit, and she said, um, oh, my God, what happened? Can I help you? And she said, here, come with me. I'm going to say that you work with sax outside of the um, city, and you just come in here. And I go, actually, I do work with Sachs. Sorry, the city. She brought me to the back room to the, um, the seamstress department. I had more fun in there. I felt like it was, I was interviewing the man that ran the whole division. Like yeah. as a podcast guest, he told me stories. He showed me dresses. It was fashion week in New York. It was the most incredible experience and the passion that the people mm-hmm felt for their journey and what they were with and new yorkers get a bad rap but i thought that was amazing that that woman like didn't even know me and was willing to help me (laughs) and that that was one of my favorite moments in Saks during fashion week was just that meeting those people yeah so again your bad your pain can become your joy if you change your perspective it's so true And, um, another thing that has been a great opportunity for us with Bella going through her health journey is that she's had to learn how to question authority. She's really focused on strong academics and because she couldn't control her health, she focused on math and science and all of that. But there would be moments that she would be in the hospital or something would happen and the school wouldn't give her Mm. the leeway she wanted. Mm. So that. It was so painful as a mom. Yeah, I'm sure. But it taught her how to stand up to authority. Because I think as women, mm-hmm. especially women of coming from a yeah. background like your dad being in the military, there's this reverence. Yeah, sure. Uh, so talk a little bit about that as a woman that was breaking yeah. so many glass ceilings. Like when, do, how do you balance that questioning <laughs> of authority? Well, my nine-year-old, you can ask him that on the way oh, to I school every morning. I mean, come exactly, on.
1: <laughs> they, That's, nine-year-olds are uh, not concerned about gonna it. He's going to make a great attorney someday. He's relentless. No. And, and he's the sweetest boy. Um you know being a self advocate is is really really a tough thing to learn and mm-hmm. I'm really proud of you for teaching Bella how to do that and and it's a life skill right it's it like is. loading the dishwasher and and doing your own laundry um my daughter uh is a senior at Wellesley College and she's oh, probably wow. gonna die that I'm talking about her. Um, uh, so she's she's a smarty pants She is and, and, <laughs> and she was awarded the Madeleine Albright Fellowship and she's Chills. I mean, right? Oh, so she's such a better oh. version of me. I'm like uh, losing my mind. And I love, and I love my boys too. Like my boys are amazing. But uh, talk about somebody who, you know, advocates for herself and uh-huh. um and sees that. And I mm-hmm. think she's, I always felt so guilty working. I always such right. a guilt. There's such mom, a balance, like right? Being your kids and having, I've had nannies and au pairs. And I always was like, Oh my gosh, but they remember I'm ruining the, her. Right. By not
0: being there for right. that. So the flip yes. side
1: of that is my daughter has watched me work hard and get up every day and make breakfast and do the, you know, school homework at night and all those things. And and look at her. You know, she's worked for two different congressmen. She's she's wow. going to D.C. this summer, hopefully um, new. Hopefully she's getting a job, hopefully today. But yes. she's, you know, that's the stuff that makes me happy. And I think I did something right. And I mm-hmm. I've never been that person who's just said, Oh, let's ignore that sexual harassment that's going on over here. Or somebody Mm -hmm. makes a wrong comment and it could be at a luncheon, someone Mm -hmm. saying something rude about someone, you know, they're getting a divorce or gossip. I've always been that person that's tried to think of, you know, the underdog in the room Mm -hmm. and that could be an employee that could be my friend that could be my family member and, you know, acting with grace and being kind and lovely. Mm -hmm. There is a way that you can help lead people in a way, in a direction that, um, isn't negative and, and you can be positive. And that also is for yourself. You know, you hurt yourself. I, I broke my toe the other day and I knew I broke my toe, but I walked on it for five days, right? Before I went and got a, you know, an like, x-ray because you're doing I'm everything. In pain. Yeah.
0: I'm in pain, but I'm always in pain for some things. So right. I just push through who has time. But what am I teaching my nine-year-old son?
1: Yeah. Not a good idea. So you have to go advocate for yourself. And my, my new thing is if someone's telling me about a problem or an issue, and it seems like there's a wall, I will say, and what do you think you could do? Because they're Um. always looking at me to have the answer. And I don't always have the answer. We don't always have the answer as women and, and, and workers and moms and because I want them to learn how to advocate for themselves and it's important. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I would talk to myself with like, Stephanie, come on, you're smart. You've been around. What are you going to do about it? So I ask myself that question a lot. And, and that's one of the reasons why I've gotten involved in different charities. And mm-hmm. um, because if you look at me, or you or anybody that we know. We don't think anyone, like you look perfect, like what's wrong with you? There's nothing, your, your life must be perfect. So sometimes when you have a voice and you have that gift from above, you can use that. And so um, being an advocate for yourself, whether it's abuse or it's uh, a, an illness that your child is going through, it's really, really important to, to be an, an advocate for yourself for your child and help
0: teach people to speak up for themselves. And AVDA is one of those organizations. Tell us what AVDA does. So AVDA is ABDA, which is
1: Aid to Victims of Domestic Abuse. Um, and, and it's a special, very small organization which does amazing things. And we pay for uh, mostly women's legal fees to extricate themselves from an abusive relationship. And that can be a protective order. You know, you could be uh, married to uh, the biggest billionaire in the world. And we will still help you find that protective order. It doesn't matter how much money you have
0: because some women can't access the funds of their spouse. And I, we see that because, um, and I had this great moment with a woman the other day. She said, I love that you give women an alternative and men, to raising funds when they need it most. Mm-hmm. So we've had women come in and sell their handbags sure. and their jewelry Absolutely. to pay for legal fees. But if you don't have that, or you don't, you don't have the resource, or you're too scared to reach out to someone because the person who's controlling you would know. I mean, there's a lot, it, it is interesting. Financial abuse is, is one of the many ways that
1: an abuser can abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, coercive control is another um you know giving you that glance or it doesn't have to all be physical it can be mental it's a uh, narcissism yes. Um, you know control over your family control mm-hmm. over your children over your life you know you mentioned um, not allowing access that's another way of course of control and there's some laws on the books that are happening in uh, connecticut and other states that i oh, really wow. hope that's, that's my dream that we can fix that Um, that we can retrain really our systems and our legal systems that Ah. coercive control. It's legal. It's the laws in the UK and uh, Australia. And I, it's going to find us and it's in two or three States right now, but it's going to find us. And because as we know, we have so many friends, Mm -hmm. sadly who have not worked or they have worked, but you yes. can still have that happen to you. It's happened to me. I'm, i and I'm a career smart woman. Um, but I'm, I'm passionate about AVDA because, um, we raise money to pay for their legal fees. We do other things too. We give counseling, mm-hmm. trauma counseling. Mm-hmm. We also have a bit program, which batters, um, it's called the battering and prevention program. Mm-hmm. So batterers get assigned from judges, um, that they have to go through this program to say like, Oh, wow. do you realize what you're doing is abusive? Do you realize what you're saying? What right. Effect is on your because children because
0: with narcissism you have to no self awareness. Right, you don't. You say your behavior made me do this. Yeah. And, yes. and uh, gosh, and I laugh. It's it's not funny. It's a terrible it's thing, pathetic, um, but it's, it's a reality. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a big part. My biggest passion is fighting trafficking. And yeah. I think it's a big part of the trafficking yeah. is that the control that the trafficker has mm-hmm. and it's so much, um, a mental game too, mm-hmm. more than it is even being chained to a bed. Mm-hmm. It's the mental chain yeah. that they put around us. So it's, and it's, it's very similar you know it's physical
1: abuse right mm-hmm. but you might not see the scars because those scars are internal yes and and so when you go to the police and you go to the you know the law enforcement agencies they say, well, did he hit you? Where's your bruises? Show me where you you know, shackled. How can you prove it? Right. Yeah. So coercive control is very important to um, look into that, that, that hopefully those laws, we can start working wow. together because yes. they, that is powerful. It and is when we recognize when the law recognizes that that's really what's going on, it's abuse on all kinds of levels. And so you could be an abused victim, um, but you can't prove it physically because you don't have a video of it. And, and these women who are being trafficked horrifically, how are you going to prove that? So it's, it's, there's lots of things at play. And so what I love about AVDA is that we do uh, a lot of research. We have a lot of attorneys Mm -hmm. to help you extricate yourself. And that could be getting a divorce. It could be helping you get child support that's needed, um, protective orders. But as we all know, those things, um, they, unfortunately, domestic violence, it's not necessarily a piece of paper that's going to protect you. So you have to have a safety plan. Uh And we help, we help women, mostly women and families do that.
0: So amazing. And I love that you say, use your voice for good, because I feel like it's almost my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about this podcast is so many people that I've met that I feel are living their best life, find time to give back because I think even again, going back to my daughter, I would say, Bella, I'm worried about you that you're so focused on your friends when you're not feeling well right. and you only have so oh. much energy. So I want you to be careful about how much you give to others. And she said, it fills me up to oh. help my friends. And She's again, girl. that's what makes you, that's when you realize um, again, going back to COVID, why COVID was so hard is we weren't connecting. Mm-hmm. We couldn't help each other. We couldn't helpless get... feeling, isn't it? It was really incredible. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about what you do with businesses <laughs> in your. So, I mean, we know what an incredibly intelligent, experienced woman you are. But how did? How could you, like, tell me? How could you help um, the Vintage Contesta? Because I feel like we all have to grow every day. There's sure. never a place that you say, I'm successful and I'm gonna stick with this. If you do, sure. you're gonna f- right. fall down and <laughs> crash and burn. <laughs> right. Well, like Frank Carney, who started with
1: $500 and, uh-huh. and built Pizza Hut, it's the same thing is what we do is we come in and look at there's a word called omni channel and that's kind of a, a perfect word to describe what we do and omni channel means we look at all the channels of your business so from your building to your entrance to your employees what they wear how they answer the phone, what your online presence looks like, what your actual store looks like, but that could be in any business, but Uh to go back to you, um, you don't need my help, but I'd be happy to help you if I need it. (laughs) Um, but it's really kind of taking that luxury eye Uh and it doesn't have to be a luxury business, but everybody wants to elevate. Everybody Uh wants to make sure that their brand and their image and what they are focused on is on all the channels, which is the omni channel, right? So from an event that you might throw to the menu that you serve, to what, who your guest guest is and the RSVPs, all the the things, the flowers, the perfume, the the what the waiters wear. Do you have a doily on the tray? No. So, you know, all those things, just the little, it's the details, right? When you show a handbag that you're wearing gloves and the gloves are clean, your iPad that you're showing to clients is clean, making sure that the iPad holder or whatever it is, it's your car so is clean when you have executives riding in your car, like all those things. We kind of come in and look at it from a third party perspective in, in a nice, kind, gentle way. Right. But, you know, we can, do, we do small projects or work with charities. We work with hospitals. We work with, you know, all kinds of different businesses. But of course, my favorite is fashion and luxury. Yes. So
0: so fascinating. Yeah. And you have a partner in San Francisco. I do. He, uh, long time friend of mine, so I, mm-hmm. I,
1: I prefer to call him my friend. Uh, and uh, Andy Tidwell, he is the executive vice president now for Von Fab Group. His husband is the, um, West Coast vice president for Neiman Marcus, but before that took, uh, he worked for LVMH as well. And they lived, um, in Guam and Saipan and Hong Kong for many years. Andy was the, um, uh, publisher for San Francisco magazine. And that's how we became friends many years ago before like kids. the Virgin
0: of Houston modern Lecture. Is it modern lecture? Yeah. Okay, it's, yeah. it's exactly
1: the same. Okay, um, and so Andy has a lot wow. of media. He had his own company consulting before. And Uh so he was so funny. Um, when I started this, he texted me and he said, can I be your personal assistant? And I said, I can't afford you, you (laughs) 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 but how about we do something? So he's opened the San Francisco office and, uh, we love that because I've lived there for many years. Two of Mm -hmm. my three kids were born there. I was on on the board of union square as president of maiden lane. And um, now living in Texas, it's tied the two cities together and a lot of retailers you know san francisco is seven miles by seven miles and i know you've been there and the shopping avenue is so unusual and the clients and it's the ever-changing world right of retail in san francisco same thing with houston it's it's very unusual like it's it's a just the cities are just completely different obviously Mm -hmm. than they are Chicago, New York or Paris or wherever. So we have opened these two cities, so to speak um, at the beginning, we plan to grow quite a bit, but I'm so happy to have Andy. He's just a pleasure. I I look forward to meeting him and maybe you can have him on your podcast someday.
0: (laughs) So fascinating. So let's talk fashion. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were saying off camera earlier that there's this perception that we buy everything and have everything. And i was telling you that i was i'm going through my closet and bringing pieces out i'm not wearing to sell to trade in here so that i can buy other pieces so i'm when i buy new pieces i think about the value the cost per wear how long they're going to last in my wardrobe how many times i can be use them, wear them, what cities they'll go with. Tell us a little bit about the decisions you use in making.
1: Well, obviously we've been in this business for so long that painful price is almost a sin, right? It and, is. um, it's not going to happen. My husband's a very generous gift giver and I love him for that. Thank you. But you know, when I go make purchases, you can still be Vaughn fabulous and buy, find something at TJ Maxx right like or Absolutely. you know come into vintage contessa and and you know you've got this handbag that has sat in your closet for 5 years you know I'll just use Judith Lieber for an example right, right fabulous, but it might not be your taste. It might, and your mother-in-law may have given it to you, or you might need to fund, you know, a a legal cost or something else that you have at your house, an air conditioner, whatever. (laughs) Why not? Yes. Bring it in, get some money for it and sell it. I'm the same way. My closet, I clean it out all the time. My husband's always laughing, you know, but he is an admirer of mine and he likes how I look and everything. Exactly. But at the same time, uh, I see it as a commodity. You know, it's it's an means to an end and it's an investment. so a lot of times, like I love Andrew Ginn. Like he's—I okay. don't know if you've seen his designs. I have much. seen his designs. I yes. think his designs are spectacular. Okay. And so I've bought several of his things, but I would never pay full price. I mean, never. But yeah. it's—it's it's just so gorgeous. They're like pieces of art, and right. the beading and the feathers and the everything, and just so pretty. But you know, buy them on resale. You know, buy them on resale and sell them again on resale. You don't have to Absolutely. buy brand new and sell right, unless it's in if it's in perfect condition. But, your standards are so so high, which are spectacular, so you know like you showed me some bags, you have this beautiful Kelly bag that is pristine and it 's over thirty thousand dollars right yes and and like, oh my gosh, so what would that normally cost if you were to go into the Hermes store and mm-hmm. purchase it? Or if you be allowed
0: to purchase it, right? You have to get in a line there too. Well, that's how they we even come up with the price is that you can't go in and buy it. And to be able to buy it, right? you have to spend 50000 We don't even know the magic number because I've heard people spend 50000 and not be sure. offered a 25-centimeter, Kelly. So it is interesting. Um, I I find that people are always surprised that... Fashion people aren't necessarily paying retail, but most fashion people oh. are very strategic about their purposes, their purchases. Yes, and and
1: and God love them. They they employ. A lot of people that mm-hmm. keep the jobs and the lights on, and they they support a lot of families. And if you look at it, you know, retail is just like healthcare workers. I mean, it's it's the supporting of your community. It really is, Absolutely. whether it's a small store mm-hmm. or a big store like um, Louis Vuitton or anything at the Galleria. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's amazing. But it goes back to business. That same kind of thing. There's a lot of women that you and I know who are beautiful and they're well dressed and well healed and they look perfect, but they're still asking for help. They'll call me and say, "What shoes do I wear? Oh my gosh, how do I how do I do this?" So there's a lot of businesses that are the same way. They have they've built an incredible business, but they haven't they can't looked at the little things all of that right. So that's where we come in and we help them. Um, it's just like all those ladies that are like, "I don't know what shoes to wear." I'm like, well, you probably could do. It yourself, but you just don't have the capacity or to do that. Right, and that's you not only your brain power, it's not your gift. So much, right?
0: And, and so that's, and that's our gift. I love so. it. Well, this has been so fascinating, left our time together and of course your passion for pink and that you are such a beautiful woman Mm. inside and out and the strength that you show the warrior that you are, you're a blessing to our community. So thank you 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 so much. Thank you for having me today. Yes. Okay, guys, keep living the authentic life.